Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Meaningful Learning Podcast channel with me, Dr. Samantha Cotrera. On this podcast channel, you'll find a collection of my conference presentations from 2016 onward. To learn more information about this work, as well as all my work, visit my website at www.samanthacotrera.com. This paper is called Young People's Desires for Connection and Complexity in Teaching and Learning Canadian History, Thoughts on the Drag and Drop Approach to Black Canadian History. I presented this paper at the CHIA Conference, the Canadian History of Education Association Conference, held in Waterloo, Ontario in October 2016. This paper wasn't actually initially on the program. There was an emergency dropout and an open spot in a session that they needed to fill, and I offered to put this together based on another paper I worked on, as well as some thoughts about this drag-and-drop approach or an add-and-stir approach to Black Canadian history that I wanted to think about some more. I got a really great reaction and it was really nice to be able to talk about these ideas in that session because although I wasn't scheduled in, there was a lot of really interesting overlapping ideas. I hope you enjoy. It, uh, it is interesting to look back on to think about how quickly it was put together, but it really lays the foundation for so much more of my work into 2016 and 2017. Enjoy. So, um... Uh, I'm talking about uh, the work that I do is related to, um, to really to students learning related to Canadian history education. And this, while I have talked about care and complexity before, uh, excuse me, connection, complexity and care before, um, this is fairly new to this audience. So stay awake. Um, I'm going to focus primarily on thinking through black Canadian history and thinking about black Canadian history as a drag and drop method of um, dealing with um, whose histories should you teach, which is a question I've heard a lot. Um, and it's similar to the papers that we've heard today in that um, there is this notion that if you just drag and drop the right content, or then it's enough to change the narrative and it's enough to satisfy students. So I, in my work, I talk about meaningful learning a lot. So I just want to frame where I'm coming from when I'm saying meaningful learning. So meaningful learning, I define according to Joseph Novak's work, which is the constructive integration of thinking, feeling, and acting, leading to commitment for, um, uh, leading to empowerment for commitment and responsibility in and for the wider world. Now, while Joseph Novak is coming from a cognitive transactional approach, a lot of these ideas are actually mirrored in Frere and Hooks and other sort of uh, critical feminist, anti-racist, critical race theorists, the work of them as well. So I just want to frame that as uh, how I'm coming into it. Meaningful learning, according to Joseph Novak, requires three things. Connection to prior knowledge, the ascent of the learner, and the uh, and meaningful material itself. So when teachers ask the question of whose history should you teach, and if you're looking um, at students who are black Canadian students, often the remedy to these three things is to say, well, bring in black history. That will connect to who they are, so which isn't the same as connecting to prior knowledge, but could be perceived that way. Uh, it would be meaningful because they're black people in history, so you know, meaningful. And of course they'll love it. They'll, they'll agree to learn. 
because what's really important when we're talking about teaching and learning is that learning is a very personal act. You have to accept that what you are hearing is going to scaffold to your knowledge. So all of you have sat in classrooms and conference presentations um, where you're like, I don't really like that person. I don't, I'm not really going to listen. I'm not really going to learn um, because you're not, you're not consenting. You're not assenting to learn. So that's a really important co uh, component as well. So that's how I come to think of what meaningful learning history can do, but it can often get um, morphed around when thinking about how to address uh, histories that are often sidelined um, or to students that through their racialization, their gender, their class can also be sidelined as part of the nation. So, I define meaningful learning in history, in Canadian history in particular, as learning that has significance to students' lives now and in the future, uh, both inside and outside the classroom, framed with interpretations of the past that align with students' sense of familiar or community history in and for the wider world. So again, this may seem to say black students, black history. But what happens with that, just like following from roses, if you say women's students, women's history, is that, um, is that students' identities become a pathology in which the only remedy is to then um, address their identity through additional content. What that does, though, is it separates students and it creates an us versus them. It also doesn't necessarily make history more meaningful. And so when I'm talking about meaningful learning in history, while I come to it in this way, students are saying the exact same thing. According to students, and this is interviews, this is ethnographic observation, this is being a participant observer in classrooms, this is being an educator myself, separate from formal research, students want to think about, effectively connect, uh, and effectively connect to and demonstrate their learning of Canadian history in ways that have lasting resonance to their presence and future. This is what students want. They want to learn content that connects it to them, but that also demonstrated the complexity of the world around them, taught by a teacher interested in their learning, not the teacher's teaching, and to do so in a community of their peers. So the reason why I differentiate between teaching and learning is because they are different things and we often talk so much about teaching that we forget about that learning. When we're talking about teaching over and over and over again, that, um, then all we want to do is problematize the teacher's narratives. But when we're listening to students, we can see that they aren't in a deficit-based model, which I hear was what the panel before mm -hmm. this one in this mm -hmm. room probably demonstrated. Um, that, that students know and they want to understand that complexity even more. So I just want to note that often when, or earlier in my work, like in my doctoral work, for example, which was about uh, five or six years ago now, I would separate connection and complexity, um, excuse me, I would separate content and instruction when talking about connection and complexity. But I have learned by looking over the data in preparation for this manuscript that I'm working on that students, that the, the, um, the distinction is actually not a useful one. Students are looking for connection and complexity in their learning of history, and they don't actually care if it comes from instruction or content, but they still want it there. And that's where this notion of care and an affective dimension from a teacher comes in to recognize how a particular classroom would respond to complex 
or uh, connected content and or instruction. So it, students are looking for Canadian history to connect with who they are and to demonstrate the, connect, connect, uh, the complexity of the world around them. Which means that this idea of whose history should you teach, black students, black history, women's students, women's history, Asian students, Asian history, is not actually what students want. Even when stu you're talking to students and they say, I, I want more black history, I'm black myself, I want more black history, that's not necessarily the only thing that they want. So to talk a little bit about my, my research in particular, um, in the two Canadian history classrooms that I worked in, the majority of students were uh, students of color, people of color, who articulated aspects of their identity as uh, opposed to Canadian norms. Although many of these students were referred to as immigrant students by teachers and the, the school administration, the majority of the students, the majority of whom were black, um, uh, and aligned with Caribbean and or African American culture and language and um, histories, were actually born in Canada and lived in Canada longer than the original country of origin that they would often talk about. So while teachers talked about these students as immigrants, the data from the school board and students' own understandings of themselves demonstrated that they were, in fact, uh, Canadians born in Canada. So complexity for many of these students defined their identity in Canada. Students were neither home nor away, and it was the teachers, by implicitly or, explicit, or explicitly stating who and what was Canadian, ratified this liminality by ignoring the ethno-cultural complexities that students embodied. So it was the, student, the teachers that said they were other and that they needed other history. They needed history that could be considered controversial. But as one student said, it was sad that they couldn't do more stuff related to black history. But once you've heard it, haven't you heard it? Because it kind of causes controversy once taught too much. The students in this class expressed anger that the Canadian history that they learned in school, because it didn't reflect their connections to Canada, didn't represent the complexity of the experiences that they understood to be Canadian. The classroom plays an important role in the construction of the symbolic boundaries of the nation, coming from um, Abdu Ahay, 2007. So when a history teacher fails to prioritize the connection and complexity of the many ways to be in Canada, teachers are drawing boundaries around belonging in the nation, around whatever or whoever can be simplistically dragged and dropped, added to the already consistent narrative. And it wasn't these students that I was working with. Students live a complicated and complex embodiment of Canadian identity that no single narrative would ever be able to adequately infect. If students are looking for history that connects to their complex worlds, then superficially adding black history to the curriculum won't ultimately satisfy their desires to learn Canadian history that acknowledges the cultural connections and complexities around them. Students were critical of superficial tactics. They recognized superficial tactics to quell their desire to learn connected and complex history um, because it, they recognized that it limited their understanding 
of how to understand Canadian history in meaningful ways. The students said that when teachers brought black history into the lessons, it, quote, wasn't a whole lesson on it that we could sit down and talk about and talk about how we feel. It's just, okay, today we're doing black history, but tomorrow we're going to go back to the Holocaust, end quote. In another interview, a student recalled how her teacher, quote, just gave us a sheet about black men in war, and that was it. She didn't discuss it or anything. It was just like, there's the sheet, and that's it, end quote. <laughs> One student shared that while she had learned about the number two construction battalion in her history class, the teacher, quote, said it was hard for them to come in, like come into the war. But then after that, once they were in, that's all they said. They didn't go on about actual accomplishments, end quote. These students, these students who identified as black Canadians, recognized that simply dropping in the stories of black people into the lesson wasn't actually enough to satisfy their desires for connected and complex history. Students, according to um, Carla Peck in her 2011 uh, publication, students bring complex identity-related frameworks to their study of history. <coughs> End quote. Not just a one-dimensional understanding of race and identity. And they wanted their history <coughs> education to reflect that too. So it's understandably easy for these students, as well as teachers, to draw on the concept of black history as a save-all, end-all for creating a more engaging Canadian history for youth that, who belong to the African diaspora. The popularity of Black History Month, the proliferation of excellent popular and academic um, texts on the contribution of black peoples in Canadian history, and the debates about Afrocentric schools in Toronto, I said a large urban center, <laughs> Toronto, um, all seem to suggest that simply adding black history to the curriculum fills the quota for, quote, celebrating diversity, but doesn't actually push an agenda that recognizes students' complexity as well as their connections to the nation. While these resources can and do provide ooh, provide counter stories, where am I? Excuse me. While these resources can and do provide counter stories, borrowing from Richard Delgado, they that force new ways of seeing and being in the world. Most often, the difficult and complicated and controversial parts of these histories are ignored, and black identities, cultures, and histories are flattened to a familiar script of lack and gain that fails to hold, thank you, that fails to hold any lasting meaning for students' lives. Instead, an epistemological shift that uses anti-racist thought as the starting point, as the counter story for thinking through the nation can add the depth and complexity to how we learn about race and racism in the past and present of the Canadian nation. So thinking through that, I want to, oh, excuse me, that one's. So what I found was that in my, my new work, um, a paper I'll be presenting at the Provoking Curriculum Conference in, uh, in the winter, my new work talks about misbehavior in the classroom as a really productive discourse for students to, to demand their place in the nation. Because I have found that when teachers found it hard, if not impossible, to visualize Canadian history that connected with the complexities of students' past, presents, and futures, then students found it hard, if not impossible, for to pay attention and res pay respect to a Canadian history class that failed to reflect the complexities of their own past, presence, and futures in Canada. 
So that is why when I'm talking about connection, I want to be really clear that it's not just connection to ethnicity that students are looking for. In fact, when I'm talking about connection, what I specifically mean is historical content that links to students' prior knowledge and provides the depth and scaffolding to their interests, identities, backgrounds, worldviews, and or futures in ways that meet students where they are not dumbed down for digestion, nor self-righteously enforced as relevant, which often happens in the drag and drop approach. They're looking for these opportunities to make connections in verbal, written, affective, and artistic ways in classes, and that's where the instruction comes in. So through instruction, assessment, and or evaluation, in a community support supported by an educator who believes in the power of these connections. So connection isn't just, this is the student, so therefore let's provide what they're looking for. Instead, a connection is a much more holistic understanding of how we can be in the nation. Just like complexity is actually a very complicated definition as well. Complexity is content that reflects the multiplicity of human and environmental experiences that were present in the past and present. Instruction that requires students to think about how the world is more than just a one-dimensional story with a definitive beginning and end. Which means that the students wanted black history, yes, but if they were, de they, were, um, uh, they were asked to problematize history that brought in narratives of Asian Canadians, that would have also satisfied their need for connection and complexity. Because, for example, if you're looking at racial discrimination, that's something that provides the connection. And looking at racial discrimination as a controversial subject provides that complexity. Um, so that's some of the work that I'm working on for my upcoming manuscript. Um, I look at students because for me, if we're talking about history, education, and commemoration, we need to think about what the students want to move forward in the nation. And I also um, explore a little bit more how teachers' narratives can close down these conversations. Uh, this is my contact information, and thank you so much. Thank you very much, Samantha. We do have a few minutes.